Well, hello, and welcome to the podcast, Success Secrets and Stories. My name is John Wanolowski, and I'm here with my co-host and friend, Greg Powell. Greg? Hey, everybody. Hey, and we're here, and we're going to be talking about a part two, a two-parter for our podcast this time. During our uh, previous podcast, we talked about a gentleman by the name of Dr. William Glazer in the choice theory. And Dr. Durst talked about this um, from the MBR side of side of the, the story. And also, uh, I, I actually was in class when I was taking my few classes in psychology and talked about Dr. Glazer. And I remember that the, the five keys, survival, power, belonging, fun, and freedom, and how important they talked about survival, that security and safety, and whether you have food, you know, but those are the first things that you're looking for, the belonging and the power. But a, a little bit about what they're talking about, you know, Dr. Glazer's talking about, was setting up to talk about seven deadly habits or the uh, seven caring habits, which is a, another way of describing how it is applied. And I found his description of the deadly habits. Well, we've all run into them and I, I find them counterproductive. That's why I'm not really excited about going over the deadly habits without having some kind of balance. Criticizing, blaming, complaining, nagging, threatening, punishing, and the one that I find true entertainment, bribing, are all those things that are are dealing with management teams that if they're using these kind of approaches, that is nothing more. But the verbs and that they're choosing are basically how do you control another person? That these are the kind of things that you see in a dictator kind of environment, a, a telling environment. It isn't an exchange of ideas kind of environment. So in the, in the effort of giving a little bit more of a tilt to the positive, Greg, why don't we talk about the caring habits? All right. Thanks, John. We actually have seven caring habits. Let me read them to you. Supporting, encouraging, listening, accepting, trusting, respecting, and negotiating differences. And, you know, you could do a self-examination with these habits. You know, if I do or say this, will it bring us closer together or will it push us further apart, whether it's your partner or uh, at home or your business partner? All right. So let's, let's start off with supporting. Uh, do I support people for who they are, their true authentic selves? And John had a great example at a previous podcast about an employee that was uh, doing painting and had a painting job, but really, really wanted to farm uh, and wanted to do that uh, as his primary role. And John supported this employee in his effort to reinvent himself professionally, and he did indeed make that transition from painter to farmer. And the and I was originally bringing him in to put him on a performance or criticizing. Um, his performance and reviewing it in terms of a pip. It's a negative. I, we, um, we were able to turn it, but yeah. yeah. The yin and the yang of, of the concept, you know, Dr. Uh, Glazer's exact point. 
That's good. That's good. So let's move to encouraging. And that could be something as simple as being a cheerleader when others start to doubt themselves or they start to get discouraged. Um, and one thing that you can do as a manager is actually, and I've seen this, say the words, you know what? You've got some talents in your background and experience that should make you very successful this project coming up. I, I'm very, very certain. In fact, I know you can do this. You know, that yeah, well, kind of tone, those kind of words are yeah. encouraging. Yeah. And and the encouraging, and, and only, only word that bothers me is the cheerleader side. Because it's the blaming and the encouraging, it 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 should be more than positive adjectives and adverbs, and that they can tell the difference when it has meaning and it has some depth to it. So you want to try to encourage, you want to give them the impression that they're doing it the right way. But one of the lines that I think I've heard that it, that was interesting is that you're showing them from the one minute manager that you're meeting the requirements and you're, you're congratulating them, encouraging them. So there's a little bit more meat on the bone to what that means. It's not just a pom pom moment where the cheerleaders are happy. Um, I think you're going to talk about number three. That's the one I think is the key. I think it is John listening. Yeah. Uh, the greatest gift one can receive is to know that he or she has been heard, understood, and taken seriously. And this is a and, tough one. Isn't it? Isn't that the key of the 360 uh, evaluations yes. too? Yes, indeed. To get that feedback and, and be able to you know, not rationalize it and say, well, those people don't like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, hey, those people really love me. But to really listen to the feedback right. um, and do something with it. So one of the, th- the challenges people have in the, in the work world and outside is being an active listener. You know, their their mind is racing. The governor in their little head is on overdrive, right? They can't yeah. wait to respond. They know you're saying words, but they already want to pop back with a very quick, uh, hopefully uh, important response. But they're really not listening. They stop listening. So the first thing you need to do is listen. Uh, and the other thing is sometimes we, we hear something and we get a negative reaction to it and uh, to an idea, a concept, whatever. And a trick I'd heard some years ago, and I've seen people put into places, if you hear an idea that you don't really like, you listen to it, say three good things about the idea before you say something bad about it. Because what you do in that situation is demonstrate that you listen to the idea. And and Dr. Durst talked about listening and how sometimes naturally you're thinking about a response while the person's still talking and your brain's on hold. You know, your your brain's already moved on. you're, You're thinking about it, what you're going to say rather than listening to the entire concept. I always find it interesting when somebody speaks and I'll stop and I won't answer immediately. And they'll, they'll want to fill in that space, that ever famous mm-hmm. pregnant pause of, no, I'm actually waiting for your whole concept to, to process before I give you an answer. I'm, I'm trying to do the best job of listening to everything you said, rather than being ready to fill in that, that gap and having a response instantly. I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of a time to gather it. Now, some people are sharp and can can keep that conversation moving really quick, but there's nothing wrong with being pers- purposeful in terms of your response. If you're listening, they'll understand that you're doing that. Yeah. So let's move to number four, which is accepting. And that's the concept, the idea of feeling completely accepted words and all by another person, and it leads to a personal sense of validation. Um, and one of the things that, that 
that you have to do as a manager, you need to do as a manager is create that sense of belonging because employees want it. And that's nothing you can do. And you can do that in quite a few ways. Uh, how you engage with employees uh, shows how you're, you're accepting of them. Sometimes people manage by wandering around. They wander around to all of the workstations of all their employees and maybe just say good morning. But they say it to everyone so everyone feels like they're part of the team. Maybe they bring in donuts and, uh, hey, come over here. I've got donuts. You tell everybody that. What you're doing is you're treating them like humans and they know that they're part of the team. And then I think the next two, the uh, trusting and respecting, have the foundation of where they talk about caring habits when we talk about the other two. They do indeed, John. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Patrick Lencioni talks a lot about management behavior and practices. And he will tell you trust is the base of his model for cohesive teams. Um, when business team members are genuinely transparent and honest with one another, they even become vulnerable. That's how you build trust. And trust goes both ways. You got to open yourself up and you got to choose to be worthy of somebody's trust. Yeah. And respect, as John said, kind of hand in hand kind of the healthy and, and really close relationships are built on a foundation of mutual respect. Um, you, you treat your staff members with dignity and respect, but you don't expect poor behavior. You only accept appropriate behavior and, and, and high quality behavior. So you're not lowering the standards, but you are accepting them as, as, as human beings and members of your team. And I think Dr. Durst's concepts in terms of how he kept on going with the word responsible and these these words, the trust and respect and responsible are, are in my mind, almost the same thing on how they're being applied. The component in terms of trusting and, and using MBR, I always thought it was interesting when I took a test in terms of when I was changing jobs and you were talking about how my orientation towards management and I trust people too much. Well, if MBR works, you're trusting the people that you have in their assignments. Now, if they can't do the job, then you're responsible for either training them up or showing them the door. Yep. But trust is the thing that you you empower from giving them your trust. If they're in a position of leadership, they're taking that element of you and they're applying it for you so that the organization works. That's the trust, the respect. Those Those are the keys, I think, to both concepts. For choice and for Dr. Durst's concept of management by responsibility, it's trust and respect. Now, the last one's the interesting one because deadly habits and and, and negotiation is is, I think, a key. So, let's go with number seven, Greg. Yep, negotiating differences. So, compromise and balance are vital elements of all relationships, and mature relationships recognize that both partners can't have all their needs met at the same time. Uh, this so from a business standpoint, this may include setting and honoring boundaries and engagement with your staff. Uh, I use the example. Sometimes you have employees that you know are really good morning folks. They wake up, they get to the office early. If you're going to give them a project, something real important, give it to them in the morning because in the afternoon they may be at a lunch coma and not quite ready to give you 110 yeah. percent if you need at that time, right? Yeah, and being flexible in terms of their starting time. You know, if you have the ability to do that. There's nothing wrong with somebody starting that are geared more at nine o'clock than they are at seven. That's Why right. Not? That's right. But we're talking about managing employees' capabilities and preferences in a way to meet or exceed your business needs while creating balance. Right. So one of the things that I like about these seven caring habits is the last word habit. These are things that don't happen once a week, uh, you know, every other month. 
but they become part of your normal routine on leading and managing people. And in some of the axioms of the choice theory that uh, Dr. Glazer talks about is the only person whose behavior we can control is your own. That's at the end of the day, that's, that's your involvement. What happens in the past, whether it is painful or whether it is happening uh, today to revisit that pain of the past is not going to be any kind of advantage. You have to be in a now. And that, that is so much of what Dr. Durst talks about. The five generic components of survival, love, belonging, power, freedom, fun, uh, kind of links to Madlov's theory about the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And holy cow, how many, how many more psychologists can we talk about in one episode, <laughs> right? So have I, have I ever worked in the environment where it's gone sunny, uh, gone upside down? Heck yeah. Um, I went out in one organization that I, I took the job. I, I did the ever famous approach in terms of interviewing your boss and interviewing his boss and, and understanding the hierarchy of the organization and their, their culture and their approach. And I was so excited. I hit, I hit a home run. I, I remember <laughs> I jinxed it probably at that point. Suggesting to my wife that we should open up a bottle of champagne that's been sitting in the back of the refrigerator for like forever. And, you know, I finally did all the pieces right. It wasn't more than about six months later that between retirements and people taking different advancements and unfortunately some dismissals, that entire executive team, the CFO, the the human resource vice president, (laughs) uh, (laughs) the operations vice president, uh, and even, even the president of the organization changed and not for the better. Now the rest of the organization that was there were really good people. And I made the decision to manage up. And that's not, that's not an easy decision. It was where it was transparent. People understood that we were doing better than a lot of others that were dealing in the same environment because I wouldn't succumb to it. As a leader, I was creating a buffer between my management team and some of the silliness that we had to deal with, but that's part of the job. When you accept the position as a leader, yeah, sometimes you're going to have to create that environment that is better for them. And you can't, you can't be dragged down by somebody else. You have to look for your happiness. You have to look for your satisfaction and you're helping those people who are working for you. I, I, I really shouldn't say that. I always considered it teammates. There wasn't them working for me or me working for them. We were a team. We were together. Yeah. I mean, we collectively approached the works and the, and the good works that we did. It, it wasn't my insights that made the biggest difference. It was my cooperation, my, my ability to build a team. That was the part that other people tried to emulate. And support your team. Yeah. And if you you hear about the caring approach, those, those are the kind of things that you walk in the door and you're applying all the time. And it is so sad when you talk about people who are so appreciative that they hear something that's positive and they haven't heard it in their 15 year career. And really it was, it, 
it was like a toss in that you were doing because you, you, you do it. That's your nature. That's how you communicate. And they're overwhelmed. No one is the, the line that I've always found that is the most entertaining is no one ever asked me how I should do it. It's such, such an easy, low hanging fruit of engaging the people that you're working with. What's your approach? Yeah. Tell me how you would do it. This, this is what I'm trying to get done as a goal. I don't have to go down the path that I've just described. Give me your path. Inviting but, them in. Yeah. And then listen, which I always found we're both on the same page of if you're doing that piece, if you're not talking and you're listening, you're probably a better leader. Yes. So what are we going to be talking about next week, Greg? So John, our next podcast episode covers keeping agreements. Yeah. Well, we kind of tipped on that already, didn't we? But it gets better. You have to listen to the next podcast. And if you like what you heard, you might want to look at my book, Building Your Leadership Toolbox on Amazon.com and Lulu.com. My ebook's available on Barnes & Noble. If you are listening to my podcast, I appreciate it. There are uh, other podcast formats, but I'm glad you found the one you're listening and Dr. Durson's material, his books and his MBR program is available at successgrowthacademy.com. The music is brought to you by my grandson. Well, thanks, Greg. Thanks, John. As, as, as always, always, next time. time. <laughs> All right, man.